you wanted the best, you've got the best podcast. The hottest, hottest. podcast in the, world. in the world. The Chris Voss Show, the preeminent podcast with guests so smart you may experience serious brain bleed. The CEOs, authors, thought leaders, visionaries, and motivators. Get ready, get ready. Strap yourself in. Keep your hands, arms, and legs inside the vehicle at all times. Because you're about to go on a monster education roller coaster with your brain. Now, here's your host, Chris Voss. I'm Oxus Voss here from the ChrisVossShow.com. There you go. Welcome to the big show, my family and friends. We certainly appreciate you guys being here. As always, we bring you the most amazing guests on the show. And as always, we have the best today. All the CEOs, the billionaires, the White House presidential advisors, the Pulitzer Prize winning authors, the amazing people with the amazing minds that share you their journeys of life and all the times that they went through, the things that they went through in life. Today, we have Michael Angaro on the show with us today. He's the CEO visionary of the San Pedro Fish, the San Pedro fish market and kings of fish tv.com he is the visionary behind the family business of the san pedro fish family and originally started by his grandfather in 1956 the business is still family owned and operated and transitioning to the fourth generation and in six decades they've grown from a small 200 square foot fish market to the third highest grossing independent restaurant in the USA in 2022, serving over 2 million guests at their legacy locations on the Los Angeles waterfront. Michael doesn't think of the business as a restaurant, but rather as a media brand. It tells its story through social media channels with the fam's family's Kings of Fish reality series. Welcome to the show, Michael. How are you? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. It's great to be here. Thanks for coming. We really appreciate it. Give us any .coms or websites you want people to go to to find out more about you guys. Sure. You can always visit sanpedrofish.com. That'll give you all of the information, our e-com, our locations, restaurant menu, specials, etc. And you can watch our web series. It's now being produced as a television series at, San, it's at kingsoffishtv.com. There you and go. All the social handles are at sanpedrofish. And this is pretty interesting. You know, there's a lot of people over the last, last decade who've talked about how if you're a company, you need to, or a business, you need to think of yourself as a brand. And it sounds like you've been the proponent for converting, you know, your family's business in the fish market to becoming an online brand and influence brand, et cetera, et cetera. Is that about right? Yeah, that's true. One of the things that I, I noticed over the years was how important your narrative or your story is in your mm -hmm. business. And what I started to notice is we weren't talking about it. We were head down, butt up working all the time. And as I started to look into social media, I would see people had created these stories about us that were not true. <laughs> like we were oh. swap, swap me to seafood and owned by somebody else. And I, I thought, you know, <laughs> we're, we're, missing a, we're missing something here because we never cared about that. And it, it sort of took on a life of its own. Yeah. Uh, so I think I, I saw some of those things online. I think I think they're blaming you for Taylor Swift taking over the Super Bowl. Is that true too? That's so. one of them. Yeah, I think we put that one out. <laughs> the and and she owns the fish market. I think evidently or something. Or it's a plot. I don't know what it there was, is. There was something like that. There was yeah. one boy. There was an actual FBI report that was done on my grandfather. I guess really because he, he was a bookie back in the day. Oh yeah. And and what the story was is that we had this like hidden vault under the business and if you you know if somebody could get in there that mm -hmm. you'd find it's all sand and dirt and oil because <laughs> we're on an old oil well at the time. <laughs> but, uh, so it was interesting and that one got out of control. 
the, you know, you bring up a good point because if you don't tell your story, someone else will, and it yeah. might not be the one you want them to tell, or it might be incorrect of some type. Absolutely. That's a, absolutely hundred percent correct. So, so that's what your did. story. Yeah. And we had, you know, we, we had had this production company that came up to us and at the time we were planning to set three Guinness world records in a single day for a lobster festival that we used to do. Wow. And we did it for 20, 20 some years at least. And so they're like, we think, you know, you guys, we've done a couple things with you on different shows, the production company. We, we, we'd like to see what your family's like outside of just you and your brother with the cameras rolling while you're setting these three Guinness World Records. And they turned it into a sizzle reel and tried to shop it around. And it was, like, wow. it was kind of marketed as a Duck Dynasty with seafood. Yeah, and there you go. At the time, Duck Dynasty kind of hit a wall in the media right when they were trying to sell it. So nobody wanted to touch it. Hmm. But I looked at that and I'm like, this is really cool. Um, yeah. I hadn't thought about doing this before, so we, we ended up just doing it on our own. There you go. It's, it was yeah. like Duck Dynasty, only you guys all have your teeth and don't <laughs> do not date your relatives. Yeah, I, we got to throw some shit at Duck Dynasty. They're going to be the, we just had to use them for a joke there. So uh, thanks to them. Send them a check, people. So Kings of Fish, oh, the award-winning web series now made for TV. So you guys just decided to do your own then? Yeah, so we uh, we started looking around, and at this particular time, which I think was 2017, streaming channels were taking over studios. There was there was some, and I, I'm not an expert in this; I didn't know. But some of the people in my network, uh, friends, were like, you know, you're going to find that a lot of these guys that are in production and editing and doing things are looking for extra work because they're getting cut. Uh, mm. the, the viewership's shutting down and, and there's a lot of disruption. So we were able to find some people that were willing to help us in that exact same situation. And they do shows like Bar Rescue and Below Deck and some of the different food shows. So, you know, we made an offer. We go, we think we have a great story. We'd like to tell it mm -hmm. on social media. We want to control it on our own. I don't, I don't want it to get into TV and where we lose control of the story. And yeah. I think there's a lot of value to that. And, and, and there was. We won a bunch of awards. We had millions of views. I mean, it was really, I think we think we hit 50 million views at one point. Holy crap. Just managing it on our own. So now we're working with a distributor that came to us during COVID when everything was shut down and everyone was watching TV. And, you know, we had switched over to Pepsi, which is a different story. But Pepsi is, listen, we'd, we'd, like to, we'd like to pay you to produce episodes that have our name in it. Oh, but 22-minute 22, 22 episodes, like an actual TV series, not these little five-minute ones you're doing. Mm -hmm. So we, we're, they're done. They're 99.9% they're .9 done and in the can and ready to go. Now we're just kind of waiting on the coordination around the world. I think it's going to be an Amazon Prime, but there's, those little details keep changing. Because it's yeah. taken a while to get it done. This is exciting. You know, we had Carol Baskin on for the Tiger King years ago. And I think when them yeah. and the and the Tiger King dude himself went to jail, I think they both thought that it was going to be, you know, exemplary sort of like, hey, these are some really cool people helping tigers. And when they saw the final edit, they were like, wait, we're all the bad guys here. What, what, how does this, this turn out? You know, that's kind of how reality TV works sometimes. So I think it's cool you guys are controlling the narrative and getting it out there. Let me, let's get to the, the backbone of this business. How did it start? And tell us about some of the characters that built it, what their vision was. Yeah, sure. So originally by my grandfather in 1956. And as the story goes, my dad and his best friend were 15. And he gave him the choice because you guys can go to school. I'll pay for it. You know, go to college and pay for the whole thing, or you can go to work. And they didn't like school, so they went to work. <laughs> it was 200 square feet. It was just a little front, a little local store in the waterfront, LA Harbor community, the city of San Pedro. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, the, the real backstory is that my grandfather needed a way to show his income because he was a bookie. 
So ah. <laughs> this was like prevalent in town at the so time. So the FBI wasn't far off on that one. Yeah, yeah. So he, you know, they they ran this business, and and Tommy, who's my uncle, my dad's best friend, he's just he's just a machine. He just pushed through with all these ideas, and you know, some of his friends had told me years years ago, and we had career day when we were age fifteen at high school. And everybody went around and said what we wanted to do. And Tommy's, I want to have the biggest fish market in town. That was his ambition as a kid, you know, as a, as a teenager. And so he pushed and pushed and eventually relocated down to the waterfront, took over a different location. And, you know, the, the short version is that it went from 200 seats, I'm sorry, 200 square feet to 55,000 square feet with 3,000 seats serving 2 million people in 2022. And so we, we broke a lot of milestones and the series really took us to a whole nother level. But the early vision was to have this, have the seafood brand. And what was interesting is that I would look at what we did because I, I, you know, I was born when I came into work it was like 1982 and we had to just been torn down, evicted and had to rebuild the entire restaurant. And we reopened out of work. We were working in a parking lot for a year. Wow. We reopened in 1982 on Good Friday at San Pedro Fish Market. Mm. Uh, ironically, that's happening right now. We got evicted torn down and we're rebuilding and working in a parking lot for the whole last year as I speak. Holy crap. <laughs> so it's like we were prepared this time. Yeah. But, but as this was happening, you know, they opened Good Friday, 1982. We had one of the worst El Ninos, which might be happening again today based on the rain that's going on in LA right now. Oh, yeah. And all well, oh, freeways and roads are closed. It's crazy. So, so they reopen. It rains the whole summer. Everybody mortgaged their house to build this business. It's all outdoor seating and they can't function. Oh, no. So what was happening is my uncle, Tommy, was like just doing everything. He was throwing everything against the wall to see what would stick. So he's, you know, it's funny. I go to these Mexican food restaurants. They have this thing on the on the menu now called fajitas. Never seen mm-hmm. it before. So he goes, we can do that with seafood. We'll, 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 we'll contract out. We'll buy bell pepper, tomato, onion. We'll make our own Cajun sort of spice. And we have all this frozen seafood we were using for smoked fish at the time. We'll cut it up. We'll throw it on the grill with the veggies. We'll add red potatoes, maybe some garlic bread and tortillas and see what happens. And it evolved into this phenomenon for us where we were selling 2,000 pounds of tomatoes, 2,000 pounds of onions, 2,000 pounds of bell pepper, potatoes, 12,000 garlic breads. And we got to the point where we we're selling 200 tons of shrimp. Like those numbers were in the week, wow. the shrimp was in the year, you know? Wow. And so now, was this uh, part of the big shrimp tray I see on the, on the, web, on the website, the world famous? Yeah. Shrimp exactly. Shrimp. So, so as that evolved, we, people would say, "Hey, can I add lobster to this? Can I put?" Th-? So, over the years, we just gave people the the choice to pick anything they wanted out of our fresh case, and we would cook it that way for them. And it just evolved wow. into this experiential situation where people were coming with two and three generations of family driving from. So we're in LA, right? They're driving from Phoenix. They're driving from Las Vegas for the day. That's a five hour drive, and then going back the same day. Mm-hmm. spending the day with us so we realized we'd become a tourist attraction with this experiential offering and that's what we built off of in our media social media and that's what the series talks about kings of Fish. there you go you guys have multiple locations and you guys will also ship so if people around the nation want to order it they can have a ship to them yeah you can have a world famous shrimp tray there's a whole bunch of different choices on our website and also on goldbelly.com and mm-hmm. i think amazon is still as active as well and they're fresh, so they need to be cooked within a day or two. I wouldn't; they, they're not freezable because it's fresh vegetables. They'll get ruined. And then mm. you know, you could plan around a party, a Super Bowl event, for example. We have special for that right now. You can cook it; cooks in ten minutes, twelve minutes. Super simple. It's all pre-mixed, ready to go. Just put it in a frying pan or on an aluminum pan on your barbecue grill for a tailgate situation. It's great, real simple, easy. Oh, wow. 
Yeah, you can get order some for the Super Bowl real quick if you can get it yeah. there in time. I think is yeah. it this Sunday or next one? It's next Sunday, right? And we have time, yeah. As long oh, as you order, you. but I guess <laughs> Wednesday, Wednesday before is probably order order up now for your Super Bowl tailgate party or whatever right. you're doing for for the thing. So this is really great, and you guys are really expanding this. Whose idea was this? Was it your idea to take this to the next level and develop all this uh, brand building? Yeah, because, you know, I'm the only one in the family, uh, for the most part, that left to do something else. I went, I've worked, you know, I, went to, I actually did go to college. I didn't stay there to work. I went, I worked in banking. I worked in insurance, hated all of it. I've tried to open my own restaurant, disaster, failure. Like all these terrible things happen, right? And I come, I come back and I'm like, I got I to gotta come back. You know, I, I need a job. I got a family. I got a little three, three daughters. What am I doing? And when I came back, my aunt, who was our, essentially our CFO, she got pancreatic cancer and died like very suddenly. Oh, no. You know, it was only 10 years older than me, 11 years older than me. So I'm sitting there and with my sister and she didn't, she was her assistant, but she mostly was filing paperwork. She didn't really know what to do. So I'm sitting there going, okay, I work in an insurance company. This is an insurance issue. This is paperwork. We have to do that. I used to be a state farm adjuster. I know what to do there. Oh, oh this, I used to be a banker. We got to do the bank. I opened my own restaurant. We need the software for accounting. And all those failures came into play and I was able to say, oh shit, I know, excuse my language. I know what to do here. You know, I know what to do here with the business in a way that I never, I never thought I'd be. There's a goosebump moment. Yeah. It's like all those failures were meant to happen. So yeah. from that point forward, what I was really looking at, we have plenty of people in the family running the business. They don't need another operator, but there's a lot of opportunity outside the four walls. And let's look and see what that is and what we can create there. And that's where yeah. I, I want us. Expand the real vision. And I love it. I think with the... Uh, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think the great thing about reality TV when it's not, you know, too stupid, you know, I never thought very highly of, of pawn shops. I think, I think more highly of fish markets because they're tasty and they have fish and lobster, but you know, I never really thought very highly of, of, of pawn shops. I think when I was younger, I lost a few things to a pawn shop or two in my twenties. And, uh, but you know, that pawn, that pawn series they had on TV, the pawn shop in Vegas, you know, that's fun to watch. And it's, it's interesting because you get sold on maybe some of the different characters. You like one of the characters more than the others. And it brings kind of a humanity to, to a business and helps tell the story better. And, you know, people, it, it's a great way to amplify your message, I think. Yeah, it's worked out really well for us. Yeah. Because, you know, one of the things that was happening is in the last year, so where we're located in the L.A. waterfront, there's been a move to redevelop it. Mm-hmm. And there was always this question of, do we need to move? Are we part of it? Like, how do we how do we coexist around this? And it went all, in a bunch of different directions over the decade with economic turns and political changes. Yeah. So now, you know, as what I had been doing for the last 10 to 12 years is trying to figure out how, if, if people don't know who we are and what we do, why would they want us in this project? Mm-hmm. So I built our brand specifically so that we would be irreplaceable to the development which is oh. essentially what had happened. It's like, because like mm-hmm. in the course of 10 years, we went from $10 million to $30 million. We were drawing in more people. And the, there's the only entity that isn't subsidized, like a, like a, the aquariums are subsidized, as an example, right? Mm-hmm. The government's sending the kids in there. So there's no, you, you don't have to pay for your own money when the school bus shows up. <laughs> yeah. We don't have that luxury. We have to t- talk people into saying, I know you only have so much money, spend it with us. So yeah. when you compare us to those sort of businesses, only SeaWorld draws in more people than we do on the entire wow. Western seaboard. But we didn't yeah. know that, you know. So as we were testing that and we're, we're talking about it, we're like, okay, those numbers, we, you know, we did parking studies and counted cars. We polled people. We, we checked in to our credit card company at the time was giving us data on where customers live. Not, not an address, but just a dot on a map. 
Mm-hmm. So you can see well, there's a hundred mile radius before it drops off. And then we released the first episode of our web series and uh, it went viral. We were Instagram at the same time, Instagram recognized us as one of the top 10 most Instagrammed restaurants in the country because of our <laughs> customers themselves. They had nothing to do with us. Yeah. You know, you know who's on there is Cat's Deli and Cafe Du Monde and all these major brands around the country. I'm like, wow, we're in we're, we're in this category, like Nobu. <laughs> you know, it's like, we yeah. belong there. And these things really started to take off. And and then one of the one of the companies that we were developing a relationship with, Food Beast was their name. They're, they were kind of like the food channel for millennials. And they said, listen, we're producing our own content. We're trying to make shows. And if you give us your series to put on, we'll do a, a promotion for you. And I didn't know what any of that meant because I wasn't following them. But they created this video, and you can search it. It's called The Super Trade. If you search Food Beast and Super Trade, it should trade. come up. This thing got 30 million views in the matter oh, right. of like two weeks. And people flew in from every country in the United States and other countries in a matter of, we went from a rainy day where we normally have a few hundred customers to we had something like 30,000 customers in, in a week. Holy and crap. So it really showed me the story of power, t- you know, it's the, the power of storytelling, uh, uh-huh. control the story, the Instagram, all these things converged at the same time. So we just continued to build off of that, build relationships that way. And it's really worked out well for us. There you go. Meet the Super Tray XXXL San Pedro that's, Fish that's, Markets. That's the second one we did actually. Oh, there you go. Massive <laughs> one hundred pound seafood mountain. Yeah, wow, that, gonna, was, that was going to take me a couple of meals to complete that one. That's yeah, gonna that, that was, <laughs> was, was twelve hundred dollars. You can order it, or yeah. let's see, depending on the fish, can cost up to three thousand. Yeah, it depends uh, what you put in it. You definitely want the lobster there. I'm a big lobster fan. I love lobster. Yeah. I could eat it all day long. Yeah, it's I, funny. That, that used to be prison food because they look like... Did it really? Yeah. If you look in the history of lobsters, Maine, they were mostly served to prisoners because no one wanted to touch these scare. I don't know how it changed to become like a the delicacy it is now because it's so expensive. Yeah. <laughs> so good, too. You yeah. know, I, I was in Denver once, and I was really hungry, and I really wanted lobster, and we closed some big deal. And I'd driven all over town to find this lobster place, and this is before GPS, and I couldn't find it. And I go in, and they had a giant this giant 10-pound lobster on the wall. It was crazy. And, and I, I go in, and they were all out of lobster, and the only thing they had was a three- or four-pound lobster. And they were all out of the ones and twos. And I'm like, fuck it, just give me one. I think it was a four-pounder. I was just that hungry, man. Huge. And they brought it to me, and I saw it, and I just went, how the hell am I going to put this down? And, like, by that halfway through the meal, like, the whole place was, like, cheering me on. Go, one more bite, one more bite. Yeah, it's a a bit much, but yeah, I love the lobster. So you built this business. You've got all the locations. What's the future vision of what you see your brand doing? Do you guys want to expand maybe nationwide maybe? or I think that's long-term. That's what we're looking to do for sure. One of the things that was interesting, so if we're going back to this this eviction situation, which wasn't, I mean, it, it sounds terrible. It was really us trying to work around the Port of Los Angeles and developers to make sure we didn't stall their development because they're Mm -hmm. building a premier thing and we'll be part of it but we Mm -hmm. didn't want to close down and reopen so we moved into this parking lot situation and you know as as this was happening i had friends that are in real estate commercial real estate they're calling me going you know for the amount of money you produce the rent that you pay the amount of customers i don't understand why you don't have every broker in the country knocking your door down to give you some sort of an offer to move (laughs) that is weird 
Mm. <laughs> I thought I was doing a pretty good t- job telling our story. Uh-huh. So, so now what we started doing is we started kind of putting ourselves out there because we're, although this is funny, right? We move into this parking lot again, you know, since 1982, we're now in a parking lot again. And this time we were ready. We, we rented FEMA trailers that work as kitchens. We rented bathrooms. We rented generators. Mm-hmm. We're in a parking lot and we put a thousand seats in there instead of 3000. All we could fit is a thousand. And we're still producing one to $1.2 million a month in sales. So it's like we're still in the top 50 restaurants in the top 1% in the country out of a parking lot running a temporary business at a fraction of the cost of opening a new restaurant. Yeah. So we're sitting there going, should this be the model? <laughs> because this, you know, spent $10 million to build a restaurant from the ground up. And, and we're kind of going back and forth. And in and, and, and the interim, like kind of in, in between and before and after this, the, the city of Monterey, which is where the aquarium is, California, they, they had put out a request for proposal for a restaurant space. And we mm-hmm. submitted and we won the bid. Hmm. And I'm like, I, I, I can't do this because I don't know what's going to happen with this parking lot eviction situation. And they're like, no, we really want you here. So that might be a new opportunity. We're working with them to, to see if we can make that work. I reached out to the city of Redondo Beach and they're like, we'd love to have you. We just talked to San Diego. We just had a meeting with Anaheim on perspective location. So I'm finding now that when people find out what we're able to do and produce, they're open to working with us, coordinating with us, helping us. And, and that's so, so really what I'm after right now is we're looking at locations, we're looking at financial opportunities to help finance these. And I'm thinking the farthest we'll go, we want to stay on the waterfront for the first phase of this expansion. And then ultimately Las Vegas and Phoenix, because we have huge customer base in both cities. So Dude, that's, Las Vegas. Yeah. Las Vegas. There's so many restaurants and chefs that they you know they're they're killing it in las vegas or new york or california or new york they go to las vegas and the stupid money that people will pay for a bottle of champagne or an upgrade and the stupid stuff they'll pay they're just like everybody that moves i lived in vegas for 20 years every every chef and restaurant that moves to vegas you know there's different ways to to make it to 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 kind of target high rollers and stuff and the amount of money they'll pay they're like nobody will jack up buying extra crazy stuff like Vegas. It's just you know, insane. There, there was a customer of ours and he lived locally, he came to me one day, he goes, my family's moving to Vegas and we're going to open a seafood restaurant. It's going to be more kind of a, a Mexican style seafood mariscos. Mm-hmm. Okay. He goes, I want to put your shrimp tray on the menu. If that's okay with you, I'll sign whatever. I, I, but I need, I want to buy your seasoning so that I can make sure it's authentic. And I go, yeah, you know, whatever. I don't, I don't think much of it. I, I don't have time to figure out the contract. I just give him the seasoning. And he's buying like 200 pound barrels of it. Holy crap. And I'm like, what the hell's going on out there? So my brothers went out there <laughs> with, with some employees to check it out. I walk in and got like a standing ovation from oh, the wow. customer base. <laughs> wow. It was like, we, we drive out there all the time. It's so convenient to have this in our, in our area. So I know we have a market there for it. <laughs> <laughs> I just haven't figured out exactly the logistics. So one of the oh, things man. that we're doing is, you know, it's, it's not, so I'm third generation going on the fourth generation. Most businesses don't survive that. And that's mm-hmm. so part of my plan you asked me before is how do we re- remove ourselves from the operations side and just focus on being owners and start mm-hmm. to replace ourselves with professionals and up our game. So that's mm-hmm. what we've been doing. We brought in a, a COO, uh, Greg Rinaldi, great guy. He was with Del Frisco's and Ruth Chris and a, a local steakhouse and, and seafood chain here in LA area called King's Fish House and 555. So he's come in right in time because he's a former baseball player too. So he's very much like team oriented. It's right in there, cheering everybody on, building up the team, really transformed the culture. 
So between mm -hmm. him and I working together, we've been able to make some really amazing things happen, especially making that parking lot function. Matter of fact, not only is the parking lot in a miracle, we found out three days ago we had to move out of it to, to another parking lot 100 yards away because they realized they got to tear it up to pull utilities for the project. My oh, wow. entire team in, in three days has moved this thing 100 yards to a different parking wow. lot. And we'll wow. Wow. Weekend, they're doing a real revision down there. I haven't been down there for a while. I used to go to Long Beach usually to go to Catalina Island and stuff. Yeah, but yeah they're doing some some called, work down there. It's called West Harbor. You can mm -hmm. search it. They have all their own sites, and and we're about to sign a lease with them for the. So so we're, what we're doing there is they have the building the space inside of the West Harbor development is is just it's just basically be a ground lease, and we'll have to build our own building. Mm -hmm. but they have to finish all their infrastructure work first first so they have a north park area and the plans for that are kind of way off in the future mm -hmm. so what we're designing and it's going to cost us about a million dollars but it will be done by april will be a semi-permanent location that's going to be wow. built out of customized like shipping containers where they've, they're fabricating them to our specs so we can fill them with kitchen equipment dishwashing equipment we'll have a deck built we're using a core events they do coachella and a bunch of other big concert venues and they're local mm -hmm. and so between them and the contractor we've we've hired we're breaking ground now to build, hook into utilities, and actually have a semi-permanent location with 2,000 seats on over 30,000 square feet. Now, then we'll start building our permanent location about 100 yards, but basically where we started, you know, mm -hmm. a year ago. And we may keep them both, or we may just say, hey, let's unplug this thing and move it to Vegas and see if it works somewhere out there. Let's move it to Phoenix and see if it works yeah. somewhere out there. We're, so we're still kind of playing around with what the ideal situation is, but we're looking for help. We're looking for money. We're looking for mm -hmm. locations. And, and so, yeah, this helps me get the word out. So I do appreciate that. Thank you. I wonder if a casino would be interested in bringing you on board, but then you might have to, you know, give them a cut of the action. And they like to kind of yeah. have their own restaurants. But I know there's a lot of there's a lot of them that brought in. What's that one guy? Flay. Bobby Flay, yeah. Bobby Flay and and different things and stuff but you know the prices they charge at these places are just extraordinary man i, I added his seafood concept in caesar's i think a year uh -huh. ago and a half it's yeah. really similar to what we do but it's a little more mediterranean based it was yeah. really good but yeah i'm like i know that fish costs two dollars but i just paid 50 for it <laughs> hey, you know what, you know what you could do i i've been seeing how they built the the raider stadium mm -hmm. and they've got like crazy shit in there i just saw the million that it, they have a they have a wing or the ground floor for the win people and it like it'll cost you like a million bucks to be in the front row on the ground in the win suite i guess or something to be in the front row a million bucks a pop then there's 10 or 15 people that can be there and then from there it kind of goes down if you want to be in the back rows but they have their like they have their own suite their own restaurants and shit so i know the oakland a's are supposed to tear down the tropicana and then oh, go there that. but even a standalone restaurant i mean vegas says great standalone restaurants everywhere all over the place and you know we love to yeah. eat and uh, there you go oh, i mean somewhere. i went to uh, is it Ma mastrioni's mastrioni's yeah was it an italian place i think it is yeah their son married my best friend's daughter and mm -hmm. so we went to eat that and it was i was actually super impressed really really good food yeah, and then we went to the wedding at a, a reservation right outside of town. Right? Yeah, it's it's wild the stuff they have there. But yeah, the the amount of money, especially in the casinos, that they they charge people is just stupid, insane. You you can't be in the casino and not spend twenty five to fifty bucks for 
eating anything in there. There's no McDonald's in the casinos. There might be one at Circus Circus. I spent way too. (laughs) I spent way too much time in Vegas to know that I do know. (laughs) There you go. How did you guys survive working with family all these years? It's really tough to work with family, especially you know when you get down the line of multi generations in and out burger. They had a lot of infighting there. How 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 have you guys survived that? You know that's it's been a challenge. There, There have been some issues. I, you know, I get along really well with my brothers and sisters. We have our differences and there's been fights, but I brought in help. Actually, I brought in a lot of help. Uh-huh. Uh, and I think that's, that's switch. That's made a, a big transition. One of the things that I l- learned in study is people really only listen to what they care about. Everything else just kind of goes around. And it's <laughs> learning to speak to those things. Like, Hey, do you want to be able to feed your family? Because <laughs> yeah. if we fight, that might go away. Yeah. And we, you know, we had one family member that, because we've had people that have died, and sometimes, you know, the people that are inheriting those shares aren't always part of the business. And, and we've had some that have gone really south. And we've had multiple lawsuits that we've had to settle. Oh, That's really? been a learning experience for me. So it sounds I, like you have had some fun, yeah. Yeah, we've had some fun. So, but what we've done is, is we settled all of it. We've changed operating agreements to prevent issues in the future. We've, we've given people a way out. Like you don't want to be part of it. There's buyout options now. And you had to, I had to kind of upgrade this because again, head down, butt up. Nobody worries about these. Oh, that'll never happen. Just stay busy. Everything's <laughs> going to be fine. I'll talk to my uncle sometimes because, you know, he's worked seven days a week for the most part since mm-hmm. he's 15. And I'll say like, how did you get to this point? Because this stuff's driving me crazy. These argu- Some of these arguments are dumb. There's no reason for them. And he goes, I just went down there and worked. I go, Okay. <laughs> So you just let you just let it fester till me have to do. It. <laughs> so now, now it's your problem. Uh, we, we fixed it, and I don't want to uh, undersell what he created. He was really. My, I have one consultant I work with helps a lot with political stuff. And he uh, goes, you know what I've noticed with you guys is you're like the seafood diplomat. You're friends with everybody. You barely choose a side. You try to keep everybody happy, and it served you well up to this point. You don't have any enemies. It's weird. There you go. <laughs> So, you know, you know, like Bill Clinton getting Esther Arafat and yeah. Palestinian guy together in the getting them together. White House lawn, yeah. shaking hands. The uh, Yeah, I mean, it's it's a tough thing to navigate, you know. I mean, the one thing we always say about partnerships is everyone loves each other and friendly when you're starting the business. Oh, yeah, we're going to be a millionaire. I love you, man. But when that money gets on the yeah. table, man, money and power, ugh, people change. And yeah. then, you, then you find out who you're really doing business with. You and I imagine, yeah. 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 Well, I th- you say it, it's, uh, there's, there's this in family businesses, the, the, the distinctions are usually missing is fair and equal. Uh-huh. Like they should be the same, mm-hmm. but I work a hundred hours and you work 10 and everything's equal. There's a problem with that. So <laughs> you either have to be willing to accept it and, and, and put a value on the peace on the holidays, or you fight and try to work it out. You had uh, a friend of mine on not too long ago, Ron Macklin. Yeah. Um, he has his book, Everybody's Afraid, that came out. Yeah. I've known Ron for many, many years, and we brought him in to help everybody. Because I'm like, you oh, know, really? Ron, I got, I got a lot of problems here. <laughs> I know people aren't getting along. We're fighting. You know, when we, when we tried to open, we tried to open new restaurants because I was looking at what we were doing, and I'm like, oh, this is actually, we, we, we will open a kitchen inside of our existing restaurant, and within a weekend, everyone knows how to run it. How hard would it be to put it in a different city? instead of inside the 
let's say four walls of work because we had a lot of space. Mm -hmm. I was so wrong when we did that because what I didn't do is ask everybody, who do you think we are? What's our brand? What's our core values? Who Mm -hmm. are we as a company? Everybody had a different opinion and they still do, by the way. So Mm -hmm. what was happening is we'd open these things and and we ultimately closed two of them because the smaller model doesn't work for us. The bigger one we kept, it does work Mm -hmm. well. But 10,000 square feet is great for us. 2,000 is different because you can't screw up. There's no room for air in 2,000 square feet restaurant because the margins are so small. So when you have five different family members that go in and tell them, you know what? Throw some ramen on the menu. That's a good idea. Let's try it. And the, and the cooks are like, what? I thought we were doing shrimp trays. What are we doing here? And then, so they don't know who to listen to. And yeah. it's chaos and operations. So I, I had to really move over cooks to the the other people in. Yeah. yeah. And, and that, that's helped because now people can see, okay, I'm better off having somebody else do this. But the challenge is when all you've ever done is one thing your whole life, and I'm different that way because I've worked in other places. Yeah. My family, this is all they've done. Mm-hmm. So you're really messing with the, their, their identity at, at their core. And yeah. where Ron's system was helpful is, you know, they're just scared. It's just figuring yeah. out, like, how to lower their shields and, and really feel valued. It's not always about how much money they're making. It's just they want to be able to contribute and be heard and give them a voice. I'm like, oh, it's so genius. Yeah. And that's really what we've worked on, and it's helped a lot. <laughs> His book, Everyone is Afraid, A Fable of Fear, Friendship, and Flourishing. Yeah. Yeah. And, it's, a great, uh, it's a great example of so, – so he offers his 18-week program. A, I'll give you an example. I'm thinking there's nobody in here because I've known these guys that work for us, some of them since high school, and mm-hmm. I could never see an opportunity where they wanted to take on extra responsibility and learn and do something. They just want to show up, get a check, go home, but they really loved working there. They, it wasn't like they weren't – soldiers if you will we're here yeah. to stick down if we're getting evicted we'll move everything no problem but hey i'm not going back to school don't try to teach me something that's hard <laughs> <laughs> i just want to work you know i just want to be a machine so ron's offering this 18-week program and there's reading and there's videos and there's calls i'm like no one's gonna do this shit i'm in my mind i'm in the story that this is a waste but i but i'm but i'm still want to help everybody and I, and I know ron's i'm like let's try it i mean i'm willing to try anything yeah they said, hey, there's a there's a completion dinner. You should go. You're the CEO. I'm like, completion of what? The 18 weeks. A bunch of people did it. Shut up. So <laughs> I go to this dinner, and there's this table of all of our chefs and cooks and managers and security guards, and they're sharing these stories about how the 18 weeks changed their freaking life, wow. saved their marriages. They're better team members in the kitchen. They're, they didn't understand how they were being. Like, it was so transformational to see. I'm almost crying, you know? And I'm like, Ron the hell did you do i i gotta take i better take the 18 weeks myself <laughs> i didn't need to do it <laughs> so you know, I it and i'm like this is awesome i didn't see and then the book came out afterwards as kind of a supplemental to that so yeah so if that has been a huge huge difference because people that were working for us were stuck are you owners or operators i don't have to take orders from and so yeah. this this helped align it then we use something else called the entrepreneur operating system or eos Mm-hmm. Which is, I had a friend, another friend that was teaching it. They call it an implementer. They come in and help you implement it. And so between these two things, they work together really well because EOS is essentially around self-led teams being self-accountable. And Ron's system is teaching people how to do that with each other. It's kind mm-hmm. of like a Ted Lasso thing. If you, if you ever watch Ted Lasso, Ron's offering mm-hmm. it. Ron, what Ron's teaching is basically what Ted Lasso's doing in, in, as a fun thing in, in, in the series. So when you take that and you mix it with EOS, you're like, oh, my God. Everybody believes in one another. They can get their own stuff done. And then you have the structure of EOS to know what their role is in the company and keep it going on a quarterly basis. So those those two things have been really transformational for our company. I don't know what I would have done if I hadn't come across both of them. That is awesome. Getting people heard, dealing with their fears. You know, I mean, I, I know, I think there's 
the in and out infights were pretty destructive to the family. Um, and I think there's somebody who wrote a book. We're still trying to get on on them, but yeah, it was a, it, it, it can be hard because people do the thing. And then you have, you know, I've been in businesses where I do most of the work and somehow people are taking home half because we didn't structure the partnership. Right. And, um, and you're just <laughs> like, this, this doesn't seem fair anymore. Something's wrong um, here. <laughs> something's wrong here. I don't well, know. When the sound and the city we grew up in, the, the, like San, San Pedro or, you know, so people are like, why don't you say San Pedro? You can pronounce it Pedro, but I'll know you're not from there. That's the trick. <laughs> that's so it's San Pedro then. So it's Pedro, yeah. And, I, and I've heard different reasons for that. One of it is because in Portuguese, the, the, the pronunciation is a little different. There's a big Portuguese mm -hmm. population that originally started the town. But what I was going to say is the majority of seafood came through our town for a long, long time. And it was owned by specific Croatian and Italian families. And as we were working with them, they were, we were doing the retail part of it. They were doing the wholesale. Actually, some of these families set up distribution across the country for squid and octopus and tuna and different things. And what my uncle had watched growing up around these guys, because these were his mentors, is how the families eventually started to fight one another and the businesses would fall apart. Yeah. And he had all these terrible stories. It was like his fear that this could happen. So when it started to happen to us, we were able to put a stop to it, solve it, mm -hmm. and fix it to not happen again. Um, yeah. Yeah, everybody will fight over the baby and and uh, kill the baby or you know yeah, whatever. Yeah. Just throw golden the baby goose. out with the bath water, sort of thing, yeah. and kill the golden goose. You guys at gross sales making you making you guys your third highest grossing independent restaurant in the U.S. in 2022. You sold more Medela Medello than Angel Stadium and attract more visitors than anyone in the West Coast, second only to SeaWorld. And you have four Guinness Book World Records. So congratulations. Give us your final thoughts. Tell people where to check you out on the internet as we go out. Right. So check out, go to www.sanpedrofish.com or you can go to Instagram and Facebook. We're at San Pedro Fish, TikTok as well. It's all at San Pedro Fish. Mm -hmm. And if you want to check out the web series, you can go to kingsoffishtv.com or we have a trailer for the new season. There uh, you go. Exciting. Yeah, this would be fun to watch on TV. I, I like how you guys control it. You can't have any of that. There was, there was some shows that with that was that Burnett guy who's who created reality TV yeah. where they just had to if they ended up with a mess they'd have to go back and just make people the bad guy in the in, 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 yeah. they didn't have to find videos that made them look bad throughout their videotaping and like, yeah just throw them under the bus it didn't work out well, you know the uh, the unexpected eviction situation created an entire background storyline that we oh were really in. yeah because we had a different idea for the season mm -hmm. and then it's like crap we got to leave. They're tearing our building down. So <laughs> we were able to, to re-edit what we were doing as if it's happening as we're being evicted. And it actually uh -huh. worked out much better. So you have all these, we're trying to open a new restaurant. We're trying to do this. We were doing all those things. Yeah. But it gave us the opportunity to really have the eviction as the bat. And we were doing them all because we didn't know if we we're going to get evicted. So oh, wow. when it actually happened, we're like, okay, we could just put all this stuff together now. And it would actually be more symmetrical and, and, and more <laughs> timeline and, and actually much more dramatic. I love it. <laughs> much <Yeah>. more. <laughs> Maybe we should create a reality show for the Chris Voss show. We should, we can film the behind the scenes. No I'll be there. Do that. No yeah, one wants just, to see that. Just give me, a, <laughs> give me a gopher roll. I'll be like the the guy that's always breaking something and ruining this audio in the back. Yeah, I'd have to. I yeah, I have to come up with some some people I can blame for stuff. Like I need a staff that I can yell at and berate. I don't know what's that. What's that one? There's, there's some people do on TikTok with their things. There was. It's kind of like, it's kind of like Howard Stern where 
you know, Howard Stern always, if he didn't have a guest or an interviewer, they would, you, you'd be like, Hey, there must be not a good guest on today. Cause they're infighting at the show. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> you know, it has to be something yeah. like that. There you go. It was wonderful to have you on, Michael. Great to hear that your family has survived all the all the troubles of, of family businesses, and you guys are just kicking ass. I'll, I'll look forward to you coming to Vegas soon. Hopefully, I'll just put that on you. So, thank you very much. Give us the dot coms one more time as we go out. SanPedroFish.com, KingsOfFishTV.com, and you can order it around the nation, folks. Order up your own shrimp tray. Sounds like yeah. fun. There you go. Yeah. Thanks so much for tuning in. Go to goodreads.com, fortresschrisfosslinkedin.com, fortresschrisfoss, all those crazy places we're on the internet. Thanks for tuning in. Be good to each other. Stay safe, and we'll see you guys next time.